Hello, and welcome to the Merle Shree Podcast. Hi, everybody. So good to be with you today. Thanks for listening. Thanks so, for joining us. Yeah. We are sitting here with our, our coffee and our water, and we're just going to bounce back into a topic that is really fresh on our hearts. Um, this past Sunday in church, um, Merle's been doing a teaching series, Summer Through the Book of Acts. It's been so powerful. This week was so powerful. Um, and in the middle of worship, just to set this whole thing up, mm. um, as we were just worshiping the Lord, and, and honestly, I had no idea what you were sharing about that mm-hmm. morning. Like we hadn't, you know, we hadn't been talking about what your what your message was going to be. But I had this picture of um, the body of Christ, and just the sound of the Lord starting to to call the body of Christ to activation, mm-hmm. and almost that. It wasn't about even who was in the room or what was happening there or what we were doing or even, you know, strategic vision, leadership. But I just heard the call over families, over um, generational legacies, mm-hmm. over assignments and callings that God has put on his children. Mm-hmm. And I just almost heard like the the refreshing of the Lord in that awareness where he's calling out to his people like now's the time to arise and shine now's the time to step in and it's so easy to be like well it's not that important or you know life gets busy or lord will this ever happen but i just i was wrecked by god's um his calling over his children and i heard him saying like will you create a place for this um this calling of the Lord to have freedom for people to arise again. And will they respond to my voice? Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that you shared with me right after you received that was about like, it's not about, you know, this ministry and what, what's happening here and what's going on is not about Mm -hmm. like, you know, actually what's happening in this church or in this movement or whatever. It's about calling forth the destinies, the ministry callings, within people and providing a place for that to be released. And I I remember when I was like, I don't know, I was a a teenager and just learning about spiritual fathers and spiritual sons and spiritual daughters and all that kind of stuff and spiritual mothers. But I remember the Lord impressing on my heart, like Merle, you know, I've called you to ministry. I've called you to do these things. And, but over 50% of what you accomplish in the earth, like what your ministry is going to accomplish in the earth is going to happen through your spiritual sons and daughters, like through your spiritual children. And I didn't even know what a spiritual father was at that point. But really, you know, isn't that what a spiritual father does? Uh, You know, really kind of it's the Bible talks about raising a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it right now. If you apply that to like spiritual fathers and sons and spiritual daughters and mothers, you know, I think there's a little bit where a spiritual father, a spiritual mother makes space for the anointing that's on a spiritual son or daughter to arise in who they should be not forming people, you know, in our own image, but who has God called them to be and, and empowering them to walk in that and, and just providing a space, you know, a context for people to stand up and mature in that and be committed to that. And I, I, I could not believe it when you started your message and you started to talk about Stephen in the book of Acts as he is responding to the accusations against his life. And you you really framed out this thing about how the Lord released a word over his people mm-hmm. and how it came to pass over 400 years. Right. And you said it might not that word rested. It's still, I think, resting over his people. God's word does not return void. It will accomplish that which it was sent to. And you just started to lay that out. And I was like, oh my word, that's what I saw in worship. Just this calling of the Lord for a generation to say, will you respond? Like, will you respond? So can you, for those who weren't there, just pick up with that and maybe in your own words, share some of that. Sure. So I'm not going to re-preach that message, but I think, you know, like one thing to everyone who's listening, like there is a calling of the Lord. And I believe that there's generational callings, like 
sitting on your family line or sitting on the region where you're from or the region that you're living in now that you can, for lack of better terms, like tap into because it's something that is in God's heart. It's something he's spoken and declared. And like you can be the one to receive the portion of that. Like I think, um, you know, honestly, there's uh, some friends and I were talking back in Bible school. I remember this conversation, Sheree, and you might remember who, who it was, but some friends and I were talking and we were, we were discussing like the fact that God is infinite, right? He's not confined by time, right? but yet we are like, so in, in essence, like God has all the time in the world. Now I know that, the, you know, he has dispensations and he has a timing for when things happen in the earth. But in reality, like God has all the time in the world to see his word fulfilled. And if it doesn't happen in one generation, that word sits there and waits for the next generation, you know, to those who will, uh, for lack of a better term, like pick it up and run with it or lean into it in faith. And, and you know, that's really become like part of my my prayer is that God, like you have your word that you've declared and decreed. You've spoken over this region. You've spoken over our ministry. You've spoken over family lines. And it's really like, I feel like it's in many ways up to us whether or not that is going to land, you know, that mm-hmm. word is going to bear fruit in our generations. You know, talking about David, where it says that he is, he, uh, he had served the will of God for his generation and then fell asleep. Like, I think there's this thing that like God has all the time in the world, but we don't mm-hmm. like whether or not God's promises and God's word has bears fruit and has fruit in our generation is up to us. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you went into that message from Stephen and you started to show in how he responded, you were saying like how he talked to the Pharisees starting with Moses and how they, or Abraham, sorry. Okay, well, maybe you should jump in here. (laughs) I don't want to mess it up. (laughs) Well, he goes through like basically like Stephen in Acts chapter 7 there, he goes through the whole picture, and he skips over a lot. So this right? is prophetic history right. for God's people. Well, he ta- he starts with like we have Abraham and God's promise to Abraham, and God promises that his that his descendants are going to go through yes. slavery in a foreign land for four hundred years and be judged. And so Stephen kind of like touches on the turning points for that word to come to pass. So he starts with Abraham, the promise, and then he he, he starts with the Joseph. Pro- like the he, promise being that... They would receive land. They would receive the, the nation of Israel would, would come back to this land and receive it as an inheritance. And they would be like God's covenant people, right. his people. They would be a blessing. All the nations of the earth would be blessed through them. Yeah. But yet, here comes... Right. Here challenges. These challenges. Four hundred years of slavery, and and but really, so he he's like, here's the big picture: Abraham and the blessing, and then he goes through this timeline of what it actually took, you know, uh, for moments, and he, he speaks about Joseph, you know, well, that's how they got into Egypt, right. you know. He speaks about Moses, and that's how they got out of Egypt, you know. Right. He speaks about um, David. And then speaks about the prophets, you know, and so, so he's talking about every like major God encounter where there was someone who was being whose hand of the Lord was on them to shift this uh, people into their promise, right? Yeah, right. Like yeah. basically, yeah. And then I mean, really, he delineates. He he create he he shows where there's two groups of people at every turn: those who were hearing God's voice and obeying. And, and following in faith, and then those who were resistant to it, you know, those who were persecuting Joseph, like he talks about the patriarchs, you know, persecuting Joseph. He talks about the children of Israel resisting Moses' first attempt, you know, to bring deliverance, and right. then Moses goes into the wilderness for 40 years, and then, you know, has a calling from the Lord from the burning bush to go back, and he's like, but they've already rejected me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then when he comes back, like how... You know, they rejected him again, but then followed him. And then they, you know, they came out of Egypt and it goes through the whole story, you know, but even with the signs and wonders and miracles of the Red Sea, the the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, the, you know, the, the manna and coming to Mount Sinai and having water come out of the rock and all of that, like the supernatural signs and wonders, 
they still rejected him. You know, they right. still rejected Moses and what God was doing. And, and he draws this parallel, Stephen draws this parallel to the, you know, the current Sanhedrin, uh, the modern day Sanhedrin in his day saying, you know, your fathers rejected the Lord at every yeah. turn. They didn't see what he was doing on a bigger picture. Right. And now you've rejected Christ. You know, like this was literally the group of people that had sentenced Jesus to death, wow. you know, just, you know, days before, days, you know, within the last 150 days before, you know, they had just sentenced Jesus to death. And so there's this, you know, he's coming out and laying it out saying, listen, Jesus, who was attested to you by signs and wonders and miracles, and now you've rejected him and hung him on a cross, like you're just like your fathers. You're just like the ones, the group of people who always missed what God was doing, even though he was faithful to perform it. And God's word was speaking over them. So there was a promise for them to walk in. Definitely. Yes. Yes. And I, I love what you said, that there was the opportunity at every step to hear and respond in obedience mm-hmm. or to this clear picture of those who just were resistant. Right. And it's easy to be like, well, I would never be resistant. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and so he goes into it and he, he says the motive behind the resistance, like for the patriarchs was jealousy, right? Mm. You know, and, and then he talks about Israel. And, and ju- as I was, you know, kind of going through that study, like the Lord just really Im- Im- kind of hit my heart with this new thought about this. And it was really that, you know, I've always heard that Israel wanted to go back to Egypt because, you know, they preferred slavery and they preferred, you know, the, the, uh, the torment of Egypt, you know, and really like God really struck me with, with this thought that, you know, they weren't longing for slavery. They weren't longing to be mastered again. What they were longing for was what was familiar and what they could work out on their own strength. And I, you know, I mean, if you think about it, like Egypt, had, they had just lost all their confidence in all their gods, right? With the plagues, right. you know, and the firstborn, you know, ending with the firstborn being killed. And like, that was a tragedy in the history of Egypt, right? They just had been plundered. The Bible says that that the Hebrews were to go and ask from their Egyptian masters, all of like, I don't know if it was all gifts of gold, gold, you know, and, and, and the Bible says, so you have plundered Egypt. So there's this place of like going into Egypt, taking vast amounts of wealth. So the Jews coming out of Egypt, they were wealthy. They weren't poor, destitute, afflicted slaves. Like they were wealthy. They had just, you know, seen the confidence of the Egyptian people shaken. And then furthermore, they had just witnessed part of, if not most of Pharaoh's army getting drowned in the Red Sea. Right. So Egypt was a wealthy nation that they had, as, as a people, that the Israelites had just farmed for 400 years. Like they understood the agriculture, they understood the climate. It was assimilation they, basically. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I mean, we talked about, you know, America has not been, you know, in existence as it is today for 400 years. You like right. I mean just the, with the current constitution, all that kind of stuff. Like that's a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, 400 years. So they, I mean, I'm sure they felt like they were from that place of Egypt, you know. Right. They understood the culture, they understood the context, they understood how to farm it, they understood how to prosper, all of that. And now Egypt as a nation, the political nation of Egypt was ripe for, you know, if anyone was, if there was a nation that was ready to be conquered, it was Egypt. If there was a nation that this massive group of people could go to and start to rule and maybe even get some, you know, some payback, (laughs) Uh, you know, just I'm going to pay these Egyptians back who've been, you know, my masters and tormenting me and tormenting my family. I'm sure everyone had stories of of elderly grandparents who had died as slaves and, you know, at the hands of the Egyptians. It was just, it was harsh. It was a harsh environment. And now all of a sudden they got their chance to go and pay them back, right? And go into retribution and all that. And and furthermore, be able to like prosper in a land that they understood. They understood all of the, you know, all of the systems, the, the economic systems, the, the farming system. They, they got it all. So in short, they weren't 
they weren't longing to go back to Egypt to be slaves. They were longing to go back to what was familiar. Right. They were longing to go back to what they could understand and what they could produce in their own strength. You know, so put yourself in those shoes. You're sitting in the desert. God has just proven himself to you. You have the wealth of Egypt in your possession. You've seen the military of Egypt just get drowned. And you have the option, do we continue to move forward into uncertainty, into you know, into really to, to move into nations where people are going to fight for their home. You know, like you can either go and fight a demoralized people who have just lost all confidence in their ability to lead and to govern, or you can go fight a people who are going to defend their homes to the death. Like what fight would you rather go into? Right. There, there was this, you know, I think what they were longing for was this sense of normalcy, this sense of, I, I understand it this way. I know what to do. I know how to prosper, you know, and now all of a sudden we have the chains of slavery thrown off of us. We're delivered and God can surely bless us in this land. And, and, you know, trying to logically think through some things or they have the walk of faith right? of right. what's in the future. We don't know. You know, the uncertainty of it, the, and, and, the risk of it. And to go back to that whole picture of what Stephen was painting, where he was saying this was an important moment of deliverance, where God had brought them out with a wealth transfer because he was calling them to be his children. And they were going to go through a wilderness season where they were going to learn again what it meant to be the children of God. Right. Because they had been living totally as slaves in a foreign nation, and they didn't know who their identity was in God. Yeah. And God was saying, look, I have a place, a place of blessing, a place that's going to be your own land that I had talked about already mm -hmm. with your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and we're going there. But you have your reality, your lived experience hasn't lined up with that word. Yeah. It hasn't lined up. And and I it just reminds me of what it says in Hebrews 12, where um, people died in faith. Right. You know, and this bigger picture of saying, okay, God, I am yours. Mm -hmm. I am yours. As for me and my house, we're serve, We're going to serve the Lord. Like uh, Caleb, when he went into the promised land, being one of two of the older generation who right. made right. it through because of his posture to say, I'm on God's side. Like, I am right. going to give God my yes. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like such a place of surrender and brokenness, but it's also a real place where passivity has to get broken off your life mm -hmm. because it is easier to stay where you are and it is easier to, to not move. But Caleb said, give me my mountain. Right. And isn't that really the walk of faith that all of us go through, you know, like where, you know, I mean, Abraham, right. He left his people to a place God would show him. Like he didn't right. even know where he was going, you know? Right. And many times when we walk with the Lord in faith, mm -hmm. we don't know everything we're going into. You know, mm -hmm. we, and, and if we did, sometimes we might be too scared to, to even start, you know? Right. But that's really like the walk of faith. I'm going to journey with God. And I love mm -hmm. what Psalms 84 says um, in verse five, where it says this, uh, this is the New King James Version. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. In other words, whose heart is set on journeying with the Lord, right? As they pass through the Valley of Baca, or that word means weeping, they make it a spring and the rain also covers it with pools and they go from strength to strength and each one appears before God in Zion. There's this, this place of, I am going to journey in faith mm -hmm. with you, Lord. Mm -hmm. I am going to commit to continuing to move forward, even in the face of uncertainty, even through trials, even through tribulations, when it would be, yeah. in my mind, so much easier to turn back to something that's safe or something that's known or something that's understood. Like, God, I want to walk with you and I want to yeah. journey with you in order to see the promises that you declared over my family, over my lineage, over my region, over my area. I want to see those fulfilled in my generation. And I really feel like that just ties in with that prophetic picture that I had in worship where like 
sometimes we feel small in our own eyes. And this was actually word for word what the children of Israel said when they were about ready to enter in. And those who did not have faith and who ended up having to die in the wilderness for 40 years, they said, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So there is a moment where what you believe about yourself and God Mm -hmm. can keep you out of the very thing that he promised to give you. Yeah. Because you say, I am too small, I'm not able, or like this momentary affliction or this setback Mm -hmm. because you have a finite view and you don't have this like legacy view like the father had where he Mm -hmm. said, oh, no, no, no. I am building a testimony through my children, Mm -hmm. whether it's through you or your children or your spiritual children. I want to birth a thing and I'm looking for someone who will have faith to partner with me. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And so many times I think it's so much, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's my human nature. I think it's all of our human nature to want to understand everything. Mm-hmm. And we just don't. Right. <laughs> you know, and even what we do understand, it's only because many times God reveals it to us. Right? right. You know, out of his grace, his mercy, and just his love for us. And so I think we there is that. You know, the Bible talks about peace that passes all understanding. So our peace in situations does not come because we understand it all or we Mm -hmm. have all the answers or we're able to answer all the questions. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get caught up, even as preachers, who, uh, you know, we try and have answers for questions that we don't have answers for. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes our assumptions can get us in trouble. And, you know, we, we see that. But, you know, I think... We talk about the children of Israel who are held back from the timing of God because of their unbelief. I want to talk about David, who actually was ahead of his time. I mean, David blows my mind when you really study him. Yeah. So he he wasn't like this great super saint, right? No. <laughs> you know? I mean, he just blo- he just blows the box away. Like, totally. <laughs> right. And And so, you know... We're not called to follow everything that he did, but we are called to understand his faith. And And one thing that I w- want to highlight out of this, in the same way that the children, that some of, or most of the children of Israel were held back because of a lack of faith, David, because of his faith, actually tapped into what God had for future generations. Like, you know, we, we hear the prayer of David, create in me a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within me. You know, he's repenting, Right. Well, in the old covenant, repentance wasn't the way you got cleared of your sin. Right. You know, it was it was to bring an ox and slaughter an ox. Make a you sacrifice. Know? Make a sacrifice, yeah. you know, a, a sin offering. And, you know, David says sacrifice you did not require, you know, burnt yeah. offering and sacrifice you did not require. But, a, you know, talks about a pure heart and a clean heart. And those were not Old Testament themes. Like nobody in the Old Testament is talking like that, right? Right. And, but yet we say that he was a man ahead of his time because he was actually putting faith in what God was going to do. And, you know, he went in and he ate the showbread, right, right. which was only for the priests. Well, that's, that's a prophetic picture of the priestly anointing for all believers to come into the presence of the Lord. And and so, like, there's this, there's many things that David did that were ahead of his time, that were kind of in what God was going to do next after the cross, mm-hmm. but yet he was able to receive that. Mm-hmm. He was able to receive of that, you know, in in where he currently was. And so, in the same way, you know, you have maybe a fixed point in time where God has us right now, and we can either live like some of the children of Israel and doubt and fear, rejection and worry, and not even be receiving the measure of God's kingdom that he has for us right now. Or we could be like David living in faith and actually living ahead of our time, receiving, you know, the blessings of what God wants to do in the future. Like that the Bible talks about the promises of God and, you know, we we see the presence of the Lord and the relationship that Jesus exhibits to us with our heavenly father in a daily walk with him. And we see, you know, the revelations that the apostle John was caught up with and actually writing the book of Revelation and just this confidence which with the apostles lived in all, you know, all of them except John was, you know, died horrible deaths, but they were like, they were almost so far above above that, you know, uh, circumstance in their life, knowing that they were living, 
you know, out of a, a different motivation and being with the Heavenly Father. And so I believe, you know, and, th- and that, was, that was back then. Like how much mm-hmm. more can be, we be walking in the current and present realities of living with the Holy Spirit and the coming kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Like how much more is available for us by faith where, mm-hmm. you know, can we be like David to stretch forward in faith in time mm-hmm. and receive promises of the Lord to come? So that's a challenge that for me, you know, that mm-hmm. just, you know, we can either hear the unbelief and we don't want to be that we don't want to be just turning back you know we're not of those who turn back to perdition you know those right. to turn back which what's comfortable known and and but you know I want to I want to stretch forward to receive from the Lord the very promises that he has for his children right. you know and that's um, exhibited to us in the relationship that Jesus has with the Father you know that we can have that type of walk with God I, I think also when you're talking about the scale of like, this was the calling of the Lord and 400 year process of God from beginning to end, you know, or when you look at your life and I mean, maybe, maybe you can look right away and be like, yeah, I know what some of the prophetic things are over our family or over my family or over, or got things that God has put inside my heart. Um, it's easy to get overwhelmed by that because that work, the work of that is his gods Mm -hmm. if we try to work it out it doesn't work well okay we get discouraged when we don't see the promise in six months exactly (laughs) and and i think the the thing that is encouraging to me out of this word is that he is writing the story Mm -hmm. and it is so simple to just decide to ask god today what is it that you have for me today and how can i obey you today and it's so simple to sit before the Father and say, God, you know, create in me a clean heart, renew an upright spirit in me. Mm-hmm. And just that daily, simple practices that anybody can attain. Yes. And anyone can sit in here. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all it is to walk by faith. Yeah. And I, I think you're bringing up a really important point that I just want to highlight here. Because sometimes like... I mean, I've, I've sat under really anointed preaching, you know, where teachers are just going for it. It's like, whoa, they're opening the word of God. And I walk out of conferences or I walk out of times like that. And I'm like, am I even saved? You're right. You know, like, like, I'm not doing like, anything of eternal significance right. in washing the dishes and feeding my toddler. Right. Or like, I, I just, I have no understanding in the word of God. You know? and, and sometimes yeah, we can actually walk out of really anointed times and by the discouragement of the enemy not even appreciate or value our own relationship with the Come Lord. Come on. Come and on. I, I feel, you know, that's, t- that's just unfair right. <laughs> to God, you know, like, yeah. you know, there, we need to value our process and our relationship with the Lord. And there's mm-hmm. so many voices. Yeah. Sheree, there's just so many voices. We, we both know, like just, mm-hmm. we have the voices of our own expectations mm-hmm. speaking at us all the time. We have the voices of culture speaking around, you know, at us all the time. We have the voices of what's happening in society speaking around us all the time. We have, you know, the cultures of the church or voices of religion of who you should and shouldn't be and how you should be, you know, all this kind of thing and expectations of other people. And, you know, that can all pile up and we are not called to obey any of those things. No comparison, none of that. We are simply called to obey Jesus. Right. Like there's one person we serve. And that for, for me, I think through the years that I found such comfort in that, like the only thing I have to do is what Jesus tells me to do. Mm-hmm. Not, maybe not everyone will like it, you mm-hmm. know, or, or, or will think it's right or whatever, but I only have to do, I only have to please. And the end of the day, I'm only called to serve one person. Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And of course, that involves, you know, getting involved in serving his body and, and serving my family and, and all of those things. Yeah. But but there's only one person I, I really, really at the core of who I am have to please. And that's Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I only have to obey him. I don't have to obey all of these voices of you should be more this or you should be less of that, or, you know, mm-hmm. like all those kind of things. And, you know. Unless it's just his character, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so just coming into that place of learning to value our relationship with the Lord, our personal relationship with the Lord. And sometimes I think, you know, 
people go from conference to conference, conference, church to church to church, you know, like hopping around. And really it's just an expression of their own insecurity of their relationship with Jesus, where they're trying to patch some of their own um, maybe feelings that they don't feel very good about themselves. And so they, they are trying to patch it with just like the next best word, the next best thing, the next best thing. But they're not taking the time to actually cultivate their own. Like it's really a cultivation. It's not instantaneous. It's not microwave Christianity. It's just this cultivation of our, our prayer life, mm-hmm. cultivation of our time with the Lord and sitting with him. And, and and just and why is that so hard like resting sh- is what we were created for I mean it's the Sabbath principle right you know where you rest with God and you just like <laughs> talk to him but it is sometimes the hardest thing to do I know it's just hard to quiet the noise right I know it's hard for me I mean I come from a background you know we both come from a background that's very uh, very conscious of our work ethic, you know, mm-hmm. like get it done. And, and I, I fall into that, you know, but that's not how our relationship with Jesus works. It's not mm-hmm. how our spirituality is supposed to work and mm-hmm. great things can be accomplished in the natural because of that kind of mentality. But it, it the spirit, spiritual world works a little differently. You know, it's mm-hmm. about rest in his presence. It's mm-hmm. about, assimilating to him mm-hmm. you know and having grace and confidence in our walk with him and i mean i just have to bounce back to your sermon and if you get a chance to go back you got to listen to the sermon on youtube because it was so good he gets to talk about this more but you were you were drawing this contrast that stephen made when he was you know getting ready to confront the religious leaders for how they resisted christ and didn't yeah. recognize him with real, like this fiery, like <laughs> prophetic and historical picture of how there was always resistant forces, even to those who were called to walk in something else. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about faith. We've talked about simple obedience, like hearing the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about one that's fear. Fear can keep you out because when mm-hmm. the children, when when God came on Mount Sinai and He wanted to meet with his people. They said, oh no, Moses, you go. Like, we're afraid. And there was so many times when fear kept them out. Like, we are like grasshoppers in Mm -hmm. our own eyes because they were looking in their own strength. And I feel like today, when God is ready to do something in, in us, in our family, or in our region, there is always the place to operate in fear and unbelief. Mm -hmm. Fear and unbelief. And, um, I felt this reminder when you were preaching on Sunday, even for like, okay, we're, we're right now we're seated, uh, seated in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which is uh, a part of the United States where a lot of people came to to have religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And they were fleeing from for their lives from different um, nations who they were persecuted because they believed they wanted to be able to read the Bible in their own language and obey what they read. And for that, they were being persecuted and killed. And now, if you go into many churches today in this region, and God starts to do a new thing, some of those churches, you can't read the Bible in your own language, in English. They read it in another language. Mm-hmm. And, and many places are fearful of the next move of God. The very thing that they fled to have, they now resist. Mm. And I was thinking... Even when it comes down to God saying, hey, I want you to have faith for this, or I want you to believe and pray over your children for this, Mm -hmm. how easy it is to choose to be too afraid to move. Yeah. But God wants us to stand up and be counted in our faith. Yeah, I think people lean back on our, uh, as people, we lean back on our own understanding, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, instead of leaning into the Lord. You know, like Bible, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Wow. You know, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I think every day we have the choice to either lean on our own understanding. And I I think the enemy, you know, tries to, to capitalize on our lack of understanding and make us feel like maybe we don't know everything that God's doing. And it's really just true. Like we don't know everything, but we have to be okay with that uncertainty. I mean, we, we've moved how many times? I mean, so many times there's been times we just, we moved in the nations, we moved across the world, we moved just within our own community. And, 
And there's always this element of uncertainty. What is it really right. going to be like? What's it really going to be, you know, as, as we, when we get there, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I think that we have, you know, if we are what the people that Psalms 84 talks about that says we want to journey with the Lord, our hearts are set on pilgrimage mm-hmm. with God, we want to mm-hmm. go with the Lord, there's always the element of uncertainty. And so I think it's a daily choice to say, God, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, mm-hmm. but I'm going to lean into you. I'm not going to lean on what I can accomplish in my own strength because your way is so much better. Mm-hmm. Your way is so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've seen that where right. uh, we've pushed in our own strength and then God came through and, and did a thing and it was like, oh my word, like, yeah. <laughs> what were we you doing? can't even compare, right? <laughs> right. And I think too, one of, one of the things that's a lot of times, if you feel like when you follow God, you're never going to struggle, it's easy. It's so obvious. We are always going to know mm. You know, there is no biblical precedent for that anywhere in the Word of God. Right. You know, so when you yeah. give God your yes, like take off any like false glasses that you have that say, you know, because this is the Word of the Lord, it's going to be easy. Um, or because you're following God, it's not going to be without sacrifice. I mean, people were shipwrecked, were shipwrecked, whipped, stoned. Mm-hmm. In lack, in abundance, you know, all kinds yeah. of things. Uh, all the most of the disciples were were killed in horrible ways, um, and even in our lives. When I think about things, when I look back, and I'm like, "Oh, that was so the Lord." Mm-hmm. It wasn't because it wasn't just easy. It wasn't yeah. like, "Oh, I'm I'm signing up for a a five step formula for success and lack of pain forever." No, this is not that. This is. I have found the one who my soul loves, mm. the source of living water, right. and I will hold fast to that. Mm-hmm. And I have found the one who I will follow and obey, mm-hmm. who I love as a friend, that I will hold on to whether I see it or not, but I will also hold on to it with a good expectation in a place of faith and trust in him, knowing that he can make it work together. I'm not responsible. I'm just responsible to show up. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. I think sometimes people get tripped up because they, they equate being blessed by the Lord to having an easy life. Right. And that's just not true. Biblically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's this place where it walking with the Lord is amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But there's also this place of doing the hard work of of learning to stay consistent and just trusting the Lord and leaning on him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm coming out of the wilderness, mm-hmm. leaning on my beloved, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like that's that. I think that's the point of the wilderness seasons we go through in our lives mm-hmm. is to learn to lean on our beloved. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, there's, there's a place I was, I was asked, we were in a, in a, in a call with, uh, leaders from different nations and we were just taking some time to pray together and and someone had asked me like what do you mean Merle when you say you're leaning into God in this season you know because I mean there's challenges going on in, in right. our life in, in in what's happening in the world and and you know I really had to think about that like what does it mean to lean into the Lord I, I think there's this place of saying I don't have to have all the answers I don't have to have it all right um, you know understood written down you know uh, I need to trust but then also have um, the mental resilience and the mental fortitude to keep my mind from going astray mm-hmm. in seasons of hardship mm-hmm. like the the um, having this place of saying I, I refuse to give myself to fear I refuse right. to give myself to doubt I refuse to give myself to worry, you know, having that mental discipline, the discipline Mm -hmm. of heart Mm -hmm. to say, instead of giving my heart or my mind to those things, I need to give my heart and my mind to the word of God, to his relationship with me, what he has done to be with me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's, you know, the Bible talks about 
a righteous man will fall seven times, but he will get up again. You know, mm-hmm. that's our inheritance with the mm-hmm. Lord is the yeah. Lord is walking with us through trials and he brings us out on top. Amen. Yes. You know, yeah. and ultimately, even when we die, we will come out on top, you right. know, because right. we will be with him in glory and eternity, you know. So um, there's these these things that we're called to walk through, but we can lean on our beloved. We can We can just lean into, oh, God. I don't understand what's happening, but I understand that you're with us. And so I'm going to lean into that very thing. I was in um, a hospital room with somebody, uh, and this has happened a couple times, where they were looking at you know a, a significant diagnosis that had happened uh, in their life. And um, they were asking me, like, what do I do now? Like, how do I... You know, and they believed in healing. You know, uh, in fact, the the first, you know, w- one of the major people that this happened to was my father. You know, he, and he mm-hmm. was um, he was looking at a, you know a, a diagnosis that would indicate the end of his life. And um, you know, he he was basically saying, you know, this this was a strong man of faith. I've seen him, you know, push through cancer. I've seen him push through many things mm-hmm. in his life, you know, on multiple occasions, and just super strong in faith and super resilient, and and you know, seen God move on his behalf so many times. And just in this season, he he was like Merle, you know, what what should I be doing, you know, in this season? Like how how can I go through the season and and of course he believed in healing and um which of course i do as well but i really had this sense to tell him and and is that in that place don't pursue healing pursue jesus right right pursue his his presence his ever presence that's promised to us pursue him and so many times we can pursue the blessings of the lord yeah you know which healing is one of those things, you know, but in times of struggle, in times of hardship, pursue Jesus, right? Because he's the, when we have him, we have it all, right? Right. Um, you know, but learning to pursue him in, especially in times where there's hard questions, where we have those uncertainties is to lean into him and, and pursue him. And, and my dad actually had a really cool encounter out of that. Uh, he, he shared with me later um, with Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. And, and um, you know, since then, that I, I felt led to give that encouragement to many people as I've met with them in hospital beds. You know, as a pastor, you do that. And, um, and just the different encounters that people have had out of that, like, wow, thank you. That, you know, I, I get back, you know, uh, some feedback when they get out of the hospital and they just like, thank you for encouraging me to pursue Jesus in that place and not try and pursue my answer that I want, you know, right. which of course yeah. is healing and deliverance right. and being set free. And, and we're called to have those things. Yes and amen. But we have them because we're walking with Jesus. And, and the very thing that we're promised from the word of God is I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know, and so in hardships, in times of uncertainty, that's what it means to lean on him is to lean into those promises and say, Jesus, you're here with me right now. I might not feel it. I might not feel like I have revelation of it. I might not feel like I have the grace to go through what I have to go through or the mountain that's in front of me. But you and I, we're going to do it together one day at a time and we're going to walk together and I'm going to lean on you and I'm going to receive strength, sustenance, life from you. You know, I, I think of the the singer who's really um, kind of hitting it big right now. She she was on American Idol and uh, or Amer- America's Got Talent. I think she won the Golden Buzzer and, and that kind of thing. Nightbird, you know, and and how just the walk of her journey of faith, you know, and how she talks about the Lord mm-hmm. and how um, you know she wrote a, a blog post or something like finding God on the bathroom floor mm-hmm. and how He's the God who gets into our mess with us mm-hmm. and He's there. And sometimes he's not answering the prayers we're praying. Sometimes he's answering prayers we're not praying. And in the times and in the moments of hardship, look for the prayers that he is answering. Because ultimately, like he is the Lord, you know, right. like he's the one. And, and if we would orchestrate our life, I know this is true for my case. Like if I would orchestrate my life, 
according to the way I think it should go best, I wouldn't have many stories <laughs> because stories come from hardship. We wouldn't have many victories. I, I think right. Rick Joyner said, you know, the church wants great victories without great battles, you know? Right. Yeah. And, but there's this thing, uh, you know, where we, where he's the one writing our story, just what you said, Cherie, like coming mm-hmm. back to that and saying, I, I'm going to trust him as the author. I'm not going to lose heart. You know, I will see the faithfulness of the Lord in the land of the living, the goodness of God in the land of the living, but I'm not going to lose heart. And Mm -hmm. David recognizes that. He says, I would have lost heart unless Mm -hmm. I had believed that I would Mm -hmm. see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so coming back to that place, what does it Mm -hmm. mean to lean on the Lord and lean into the Lord? Mm -hmm. There's uncertainty. You know, there's things ahead that you it don't probably know. probably won't happen the way you thought it would. Right. You can't <laughs> that, control it. Yeah. You and know? that's okay. And, but that's, that's what following the cloud and the pillar looks like and following yeah. the Holy Spirit. You know, that's, yeah. the cloud and the pillar are just representations of the Holy Spirit that each believer we're called to lead, we're called to follow mm-hmm. in our life, you know, mm-hmm. as we have the Holy Spirit, as mm-hmm. God has given mm-hmm. uh, more and more. I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading the autobiography of, of Charles Finney. And mm-hmm. just really uh, so good, you know, so I, I can relate so much to what uh, some of the experiences that he talks about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and he talks a, a lot about, you know, just encountering the Holy Spirit and encountering the Lord and mm-hmm. um, just what God is doing. And so, I, yeah, I just want to encourage everybody that we have all that we need in Christ to continue to accomplish what God wants us to do. Right. And, and just don't live in fear. Um, don't look to work it out in your own strength. God is, God is working out. It's simple obedience. But I also felt like as you were sharing that there's some people, you know, you just need to go to some trusted leaders, um, spiritual moms and dads, and just talk through what you're dealing with because Mm -hmm. they will give you insight. They'll give you wisdom and direction, encouragement, you know, if you need to have correction. And if you've been off doing your own thing, it's so easy to come back. It's simple repentance. Mm-hmm. Just say, God, I've walked my own way. I've been trying to do this my own way. I've been trying to carry it in my own strength, and and I'm coming back to you. It's so simple to turn around. And so, yeah, I hope this message encouraged you. Um, Merle, do you just want to wrap it up with prayer? I just feel like so sure. much of a weighty presence of God here in this room as we're recording today. Yeah. Oh, let's let's pray, everyone. Just wherever you're at, um, just take a moment. Aim, aim your heart. Aim the eyes of your heart. Aim the ears of your heart to the Lord right now. Jesus, we love you, and we trust you. I thank you for your presence with us. I thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. I thank you that you're the one who is the difference maker in our lives. God, I, we have compassion on the world that goes through hardships and challenges without you. Mm-hmm. God, I, I, don't, I don't even, I can't imagine what it would be like to walk through hardships without being able to lean on you. And Father, I thank you that your hand is upon every listener today. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to take us by the hand. I thank you that you're so good that you give us your arm in times of of trial, and you carry us. Um, And Father, I thank you, Lord, that um, your presence is here. And so, God, we thank you that you love us and you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. As as I was praying there, I, I, you know, the that song or the poem of footprints in the sand, you know, Mm. about this man who gets to the end of his life and he looks back and he sees two sets of footprints and he's walking with the Lord. And then in the hardest times of his life, he sees one set of footprints and and he's like, what's up with that God? Like you left me. And God says, no, that's when I carried you. And then, um, uh, somebody made a comic, like you see that big groove there. That's when I drug you kicking and screaming, (laughs) 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 you know, so whether you have footprints, uh, uh, or whether God is carrying you or whether there's a groove, you know, uh, you're walking in a groove right now, uh, kicking and screaming. I just pray grace for your current season yeah. and faith for yeah. your current season. Yes. Don't allow anybody or any person to devalue your personal relationship with the living Jesus. And, and I just, I just reminded again of this calling of the Lord over his sons and daughters to remember who they've been called to be in God. Mm. 
and to just begin to listen to the voice of the Father because there, there is an important work that God has called you for from the foundations of the earth. He saw you. He knows why you created, why you are existed. He has a purpose for your life that you are called to walk in. And um, people have prayed and interceded for who you are and what you are to do in partnership with the kingdom of God. And so I just ask for God a release of faith right now. To overcome fear, intimidation, just worry, false narratives, victim mentalities, passivity, comfort, anything that's holding us back from this uh, walking with the Lord as faithful sons and daughters. And I ask God that you would speak clearly to each one this week in Jesus' name. I think just, you know, I, I, I need to say this. I need to jump in on that. Um, so many times we can think that the circumstances of our lives are the fault of other people. Well, I would be more this if it wasn't for so-and-so, or I would be more like, like this, or I would be wealthier, or I would be freer, or I would be something else because of somebody else. If somebody else hadn't done X, Y, and Z, or, you know, and so many times we, we want to shift responsibility away and I'm not saying shifting blame because many times we walk through things that we should not have you know Mm -hmm. in in the the design God's design of the world we walk through things that that should not have existed but we can stand in forgiveness we can walk overcome uh, challenges and tribulations and things we walk through but I just want to encourage you that you know Joseph in the end of his time in Egypt uh, as he was ruling Egypt and his brothers come to him and they don't recognize him and finally he reveals himself to them. Joseph said, God sent me before you in order to preserve life. He was able to see the hand of the Lord in even through the most difficult, hard rejection and things that he was walking through. He was able to identify God's presence with him, God's hand with him. And that's what he leaned on as he his relationship with his brothers was reestablished. Is he says, listen, there was a lot of terrible things you did. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, here. There's a lot of terrible things that happened to me. There was a lot of terrible things that you did. But in the end of the day, the big picture is that God sent me before you. And here I am, and I'm preserving life and the and I'm preserving what God, the promises of God that he had given to me. And so I just want to encourage you to not blame others who have caused hardship in your life. And I'm not saying that it, it shouldn't, you know, that, that you just turn away from the pain. But what I'm saying is that God is with you. He's with you even now. And look for the thread of the Holy Spirit. Look for the presence of the Lord in your life right now, bringing you through it. And God is going to cause the overcoming power of the Holy Spirit to be your portion in this season. Mm, That's powerful. Amen. So good. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Bye, guys. See you next time.